Happy Monday to everybody. Hey, Michelle. Happy there Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. What's going on, Confessions family? All of those who are watching, I want to say Happy New Year to you. We've promised to be more consistent this year in our podcasting. And so we are here. We're here, guys. We'll put you guys in the order that I, I feel comfortable having you guys there. I Good can. evening, guys. Is it because How's... you just like to be over me, Dudley? Is that what oh, it is? No, no, like no, no, like no, no, no. Supreme, supreme See, above. Not... I like that, though, because if I got something to throw, I just go like this. <laughs> and I just go, ah, ah. You're supposed to catch it. <laughs> I'm supposed to get hit by it. Something. Anyway. Happy New Year, everybody. How you guys doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. New Year, year, same us. Same us. (laughs) Uh, For all of those who make uh, confessions uh, their um, occasional binge, we want to praise the Lord for you and thank you so much uh, for choosing us. Just make sure you like and uh, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Uh, Like and follow our page that is there on Facebook in the Northeastern Conference. Um, uh, but we have a, a, an announcement to make that um, I'm really excited about. Uh, so if you love the Confessions podcast, um, there's going to be a new location for you to find it. Uh, we are starting a brand new uh, YouTube uh, channel under uh, Lighthouse Media Studios. It's the uh, sub-direct of the communication department of the Northeastern Conference, and it's op- the opportunity for us to get fresh, uh, innovative new content. Um, You're going to be looking out for a lot of different things this year uh, in regards to web series, uh, different other podcasts, other than just the Confession podcast. Can you believe that um, there are some lawyers and the the Parle department is going to be coming together and putting together a a podcast this year, believe it or not, on all things law and social justice and all that different stuff. You want to look out for that. Uh, this year, but there's going to be so much more content that we have uh, for you, and it's going to just be too much for that, as well as the content you find normally on the conference page. Uh, so you want to go right now, uh, right now, if you can, just jump onto YouTube um, and go to uh, Lighthouse Media Studio and just subscribe there uh, right now, so you don't miss this good conversation. And believe me, uh, today going to be good. <laughs> Now let me let me give let me give the warning. Let me give let me let me first start off by saying this. If you guys watching red light somewhere, you you all out there in social media world, right? Watching on your TV, even though you probably also watching, you know, the football game, college championship game, or being my Celtics are playing right now, playing Chicago. Um, We're up, by the way. Um, No matter what you're watching. Uh, I want you guys to know that the four of us, we kind of discuss what the topic is going to be, but none of us know our point of view. So you're literally hearing 
what we're hearing for the first time from each other. We are not, we, we this is not pre-programmed, rehearsed, pre-packaged, okay. rehearsed. This is <laughs> real and authentic. It needs to be scripted. <laughs> um, and so I'm just letting y'all know this is just <laughs> the real, the real. And so more than anything, we just want to let y'all know that especially for this conversation, um, that you're going to be hearing just some truth from us. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best as the producer here today uh, to save some of us from ourselves. <laughs> do that. Do that, sir. Just, do that. just in case. Do that. Because some of us got jobs. Listen. You know what I'm saying? We all have jobs. <laughs> oh, well, you know, some of us got jobs contingent to what we might be saying. That's it. Today. That's it. You all. So I'm, I might, I might, you know, do something anyway. Um, but today, what's the disclaimer? The views expressed on this show are not the reflection of the Northeastern Conference. There we go. Here we go. Here we go. go. Very good, (laughs) Doctor Jules. If you're watching, we love you. We respect you. You're President Jules. Please. Please. Uh, to our administrators and our ministerial director. Yes. Um, you know, just please note that this is just a conversation mm-hmm. from a bunch of young adults, you know, and uh, things that I think that people just want uh, to hear. And we've been dancing around this topic because we should have did this topic last year. Correct. Um, we talked about it back when we were talking to Snell. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. In the room. In, In the room. room. So this is back in April. Correct. Yep. And we put it off. So I think at this point, go ahead, E. That's an episode that hasn't been released yet. Correct. No, no. Ah. I still, you know what it is? There's a part of it I still want to edit. I just never had the time to edit it. But it's timeless. So the information is good. Mm. I have to release it. I promise before February is over, because you know, yeah, you convention this week. Before February is over, that episode is going to be released with Pastor Snell, your podcast team. We ha- we had the ability to grab the speaker director of Breath of Life uh, Ministry that had a sit down conversation with him. Um, so I'm looking forward to its release. Anyway, so, um, so so they have to subscribe to Lighthouse to find that episode. Yes, there ain't yes. no content that's going to be found here <laughs> on your Northeastern pages anymore. Go ahead, Ed. All- that was good, Ed. So come on, Ed. So give me five. The other way, the other way, the other way, the other way, the other way. You got to go to no, 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 other hand, yes, 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 So, yes, if you want all this new good content that's coming from out of Northeastern Conference, you're going to have to subscribe to Lighthouse. Lighthouse is going to be the sole platform by which you get all of the the newer content, not just camp meetings or all the different stuff, uh, but just the, the original content that's coming uh, from us. It's all through Lighthouse, so make sure you subscribe right there. It's pretty a uh, blank right now, but just to see, you should see some things moving over in the next weeks and months to come. Anyway, we got so much to talk about, I, I feel. Um, but, but, but this has been the topic that we've been sort of um, dodging. And the, the topic, namely for people who even asked in the chat, which I, I'm actually encouraged by because some people didn't come for the topic. They came because Confessions was on. So I appreciate that. Um, but the topic for today is Christian relationship. 
and divorce. Um, and, and I think that that is sort of open the, up in the air. It doesn't necessarily allow us to land somewhere. And I, and I, I think that's purposeful because I, I want to see guys kind of see where our mindset, what our, what our potential stories and uh, experiences have led us. Um, <laughs> no, Ento, you cannot start the episode what like do you that. Mean? So, like the first, the first episode of the year, and this is where we continue. What's the problem? Nothing. Yeah, we good. We good. What is, what's the problem? What's up? What is happening right now? Yo, tell me that masks have not been clutch in the pandemic to hide your facial reaction. <laughs> oh, is that what we're then? If yeah, that's, listen, tonight is not the night for that. You, tonight's not the night. Tonight, tonight is the night for that. Tonight is the night. You know what? I need to take the mask off. Yo, there we that's go. exactly what oh, we're doing yo. tonight. Oh we're wow, oh, we're no. taking the mask oh. off. Yo, because I'm terrible. My facial expressions, like, I'm not the best with that. So when I, the masks have helped me. That's why this is not scripted. We can show people how we really feel in raw, visceral form. That's why Rose is here. That's why Emmanuel's here. Come on. Saved by grace. Saved by grace. Lord. Saved by grace. All right, we'll wait. All right, right. I don't want to hold up. I don't want to hold it up. But if this goes on, you, you know why. That's fine. But the people are waiting. Okay, okay. All right, time to give the people what they want. Um, <laughs> Ryan. Go ahead. Christian relationship um, and divorce. Mm-hmm. Before, before we get into um, the, the nuances of what the success rate for marriage is, um, the reasons and the causes by which uh, you find um, problems in relationships that ultimately end in certain situations. I, I, I want to start on on a hilltop to get to a valley mm. to get back to a hilltop. Mercy. Okay. I, I pray we get back. Well, preach, uh, David. <laughs> um. Um. So. So I want to I, I want to ask um, you all, family, in your experiences in life, in uh, with friendships, in your own walk, mm-hmm. um, give me you give me the ideal in which you would be looking for in a marriage, based on everything that you know, every every everything that you have experienced, you've read, you you're convicted by. Um, what are the things that you would go back five years ago, ten years ago, and tell your younger self about what you should be expecting and or what you should be looking for in a relationship, and, and, and it's specifically in a marriage? And I'm not going to throw y'all out there by by just by throwing your, 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 yourself out there because for me, I have an answer. I want to start first. Okay. If I were to go back... Um, the first thing I would tell a younger Dudley. What age? What age, Dudley? Ooh. No, that's a good question. Even though yeah. I know you try to throw Great some shade question. behind that. No, 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 no shade. It's just we need no, different information a- at different stages. Correct. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. I, I believe 
back when I was at a point, because age is different because you may be at a certain age, but not at a certain uh, life experience. Um, and so, and so for me, I would want to get, get to a point where I, I, I'm aware of what my purpose is. I'm aware more or less of what my strengths and my weaknesses are. And I am content with that truth. And the reason why I say that is because, because um, sometimes some people may not necessarily be good with who they are. And so what they do is they try to act like something that they're not. But when you get to a point where you're able to recognize I'm strong in this, I'm not strong in that, and I'm okay with that, you're able to then, in, in hopes, be able to recognize what you're able to provide a relationship and what you're ultimately looking for a relationship to provide for you because you know enough about who you are to know about what you need. Mm-hmm. So so I, I would say um, to a point of maturity where I'm able to to recognize what my purpose is, what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, and am I content enough with who I am? Do I know enough about who I am? Um, I don't know what, what age that is. Maybe you mm-hmm. guys have a number, um, but that, that's the person. And the first thing that I would say, well, the first couple of things that I would say uh, to that person is, um, number one, um, you have to know yourself. Two, you have to be able to recognize that most people that you meet are showing you the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. More or less. Uh, they're, mm. they're, 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 they're representative. Okay, so mm-hmm. Right. Okay, right. A version of themselves. A version of themselves, right. Okay, a version of themselves that they want you to see. That's me. Mm-hmm. That's what they put. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. And so, and so, and, and so um, I think it's important that that I, I'm aware of that because mm-hmm. I know also that what this person might be showing me may not always be consistent. And so don't always fall so quickly for what is being presented to you. Time allows there to be, allows a lot, and a lot of different experience allows truth to be revealed. So, you know, don't always fall for what you automatically see um, and be aware of a lot. I'll get into a lot more specific, especially when it comes to the male point of view. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it, it's it's the job I feel today in this conversation to really speak towards the man's point of view here, fortunately and unfortunately. Um, but that's where I'll start off. Okay. Um, I'll jump in. I would tell my teenage self, you are beautiful. I would tell my early 20-something self that God has destined you for greatness. Mm. You should not settle. I would tell my mid-20 self, you deserve to be taken care of. And what I'm telling myself now is I need to write my vision and make it plain because God has something really special in store for me. And, you know, as we talk more, um, you know, things will come out because this is confessions. Um, 
but you know, a lot of what Dudley said is relevant to me as well. You know, knowing yourself, knowing who you are, because at the end of the day, people can show you whatever they want to show you. But if you know who you are, it takes you so much further, I think, um, because a lot of the difficulty that I think I had in relationships is really easy to point the finger at the other person. But so much of it was because I did not know who I was. I did not love myself and I did not give myself an opportunity to be treated the way that God would have me to be treated. Mm. That's good. That's real good. Honestly, I'm struggling. Um, I I don't think I would tell my younger self anything. Mm -hmm. Because? Because one, I, I'm very happy with where I ended up. Nice. Mm -hmm. But then two, also looking back, I feel like I needed to learn the lessons I learned the way I learned them. Mm -hmm. I think if I had told myself some of these things, some of the things that I learned along the way mm -hmm. that I, I, I might've messed myself up. Like I, the, the lessons were just hard enough to teach me and to teach me well. There was one question though, that I, I learned early. I, I kind of used it because I learned I had some blind spots. Mm -hmm. I, learned I, had, I learned I had some blind spots at around like 22, 22 and 25. I discovered like I have some major, major blind spots. Oh, sorry to laugh. So, um, so you need a mask? You need a mask? I think, I think we met around that time. And so we did. We did. We did. We did. We did. We did, we did. So. I realized I had blind spots. I, I, there were things I couldn't see clearly about myself and about the world, world around me. And a question I developed that helped me was, if you marry her, you have kids mm -hmm. and you die. Will mm. she raise your kids with the values you want your kids to be raised with? I had to develop that question in order to, Ooh. yeah. Because because none of the other stuff, none of the stuff that we, especially as men, are socialized to value matters. If you marry her, you die and she raises your kids. Right. It, it doesn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. So if the answer is yes. You would still raise your kids with the values you want your kids to be raised with. Then like the core qualities are there. And I had to develop that for myself. Right. In order to check my blind spots. Got it. Got it. My queen, Michelle. Well, what? <laughs> don't worry, boo. I'm here for you. Now, listen, ignore them. It's Haters. Okay. All right. Ahead. All right. <clears throat> Disclaimer. For those of you who are meeting me for the first time, um, I'm the Amanda Seals of this group. I keep it 100 all the time at all times. Okay. Oh. And I say things that can sometimes put my ministerial license that's hanging behind me on, you know, tight ropes. But I'm going to just tell you what it is. You're, I wish that I understood this when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Number one, just because you're both Adventists does not mean that you are equally yoked. Oh, boy. Sips tea. That's number one. Number two, you are not your trauma. A lot of people, 
I'm not going to explain anything. I'm just going to say the, the things. And number three, you attract a part of yourself yes. that you believe is what you're worth. Yes. That's it. Those mm. are the three things I would tell myself. I told myself those things. And yeah. now I'm in a very happy place. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked for me. That's yeah. awesome. Very happy. So, post Nancy, um, we'll, we'll translate Nancy's. They're, they're, so, so. I don't know what we. What does that mean? Get it? I, yeah. We can't translate that. No, we can't. There, <laughs> there's a. There's a <laughs> I was gonna say it. I'm glad you didn't say um, it. <laughs> there's a question that C. Joseph put up. Okay. That um, is trying to get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> but I think for the sake of the conversation, I think it is mature enough to to, to say that um, and to be as transparent as possible, uh, lest this is wouldn't be confessions. Um, so let's go around and let's talk about our um, our status, uh, where we are right now, um, what we might be aspiring also to become. If you are not comfortable with where you are right now, <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Uh, I am I am happily married, uh, close to a decade. Uh, it wow, will, a decade, bro. It will be. Wow. Yeah, it will be. And so I am. Yeah. So I. So I'm. I'm. I still feel like it's relatively new. Only because I guess I just it, it, there's just been so many new things that have happened that it kept it, it just keeps things fresh and it keeps you on your toes. So I don't feel bored in it yet. I mean, having two kids um, will keep you on your toes relatively. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I am I am happily married uh, with two. Let me put a disclaimer of saying happily married doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't values. Um, but in in the conclusion, I'd like to determine and define it to be happy, though there are some times, you know, life. That's life. Mm -hmm. Ingrid, <laughs> <laughs> hi, Cammy. One of my best friends is on. Hi, um, I am. Oh, look who needs a mask now. Look at her. Yeah, y'all. Oh, look, look at her. Nah, hold on, hold well, on. well, well, well. I, I was you. Oh, I got you. I'm Ingrid. I mm -hmm. am unfortunately no longer married. Um, you know, which means I'm divorced, unfortunately. And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that, you know, what that means, what that looks like, how that feels or how it felt. Um, yeah. Oh, are, are we going? We're going clockwise. Um, I am happily married. Been married for three years, going on three years. Wow, time has flown. Yes, three years, um, going on four this year. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just happy to be here. Your, your wedding was beautiful, by the way. Was, Thank you. Thank you. We had it was man. There's the stories. We had three. We had three technically. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the, right. the, the real one I'm talking about. Like the, the real one. one. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I appreciate it. It was, it. Thank it was immaculate. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's just as beautiful as yours, Doc. Just as beautiful as yours. No! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it because, you know, who I married. But where yours was, 
was on a hill far away. Anyway. Mercy. Okay. Mercy. Can we get to the Amanda Seals of the group, please? I'm, I'm, I'm widowed. My husband died to me. Um, I'm joking. <laughs> Where's my mask? Where? 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 <laughs> I was not ready. Okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yo. It's true. Okay. 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 I'm divorced. All right. I'm divorced. I'm divorced. I'm divorced. Um, I was only married for two years, guys. So really, I mean, it was a death. Okay. So, you know. I mean, it is, I mean, it, it is, it is a death. It, it was it was two years, and I think I, that's very unfair that. about the way that we classify statuses, because um, <laughs> I, you know, to be honest, he did kill a part of me, and I probably killed a part of him. Oh my so God. to call him, call us widows. It's well, he's a, he's remarried, but you know, um, my divorce, um, and I have been you know married for a couple of years now. Um, to be exact, six years this year. Divorce, six years. Divorce, six years. And if you want to know about the dating scene, go on my Instagram and look at my relationship pages that I made. <laughs> you will have a grand time to see the latrine that we call a dating pool. Amen. All right, Dudley, back to you. Well, can I, wait, can I just say, right? I'm glad you said that because I think one of the biggest misconceptions is like, oh, you know, people get divorced because they want to run out to the next thing. And it's like, and so what? There is no next thing. Let me tell you something. Somebody turned that dating pool in an outhouse and there's flies and there's stuff. <laughs> Somebody ate some protein uh, and there's some lingering protein parts. I'm just saying. Mercy. Dating pool is a latrine, y'all. You need to be very careful about the substances that you find in there. Mercy, okay. mercy. All right. Yo, yo, but people in the chat, make sure you put your relationship status as well. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what's happening here? That's Yeah. Y'all laughing mad hard for some people uh -huh. who ain't trying to be <laughs> transparent. <laughs> oh, I, I've been here. I've been here. You know what I'm we saying? All, for real, for real. We all confessing. We all confessing. You there? What is? Oh, okay. There there we go. Go. My, my, my camera will sometimes get. Trying to zoom in. Okay. So, so, so. With that being said, I think everybody gains the context. All right, so we 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 sort of got into that, the understanding of what we would probably tell, um, you know, our former selves. So now let's just talk about a grand scheme of, um, the idea of marriage. You see it, Daniel. You see it. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, do do you believe, um, <laughs> do you believe that marriage still works? Um, and if so, why or why not? What, what, what's, what's ad, what's advantageous at this point to be married for the people who are, you know, single, divorced, separated, or in, in the, watching this, in your particular opinion, what's, what's incentive about being married? I'm loving these comments, by the way. Listen, I, the I, section is I, where it's at right now. I didn't even hear what you said, Dudley. I'm in the comment section right now. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Yes, I do. I believe marriage marriage works. I, I think if people understand what, what... 
I think if people that. understand what marriage is, yeah, I think marriage works. And I, I don't think everybody understands what marriage is. Okay. Talk to, so, what, what do you mean? So, so I, I think, I think that a lot of people have this, have these misconceptions about marriage and they, they get married for the wedding. They get married for sex. They get married for status. They get married because of pressure. And then they get into it and realize like this requires a whole lot more than what I thought. Like, right. I think marriage is designed to kill selfishness. And if you are not willing to, that's uh, not the only thing it's designed for, but I think it is it's part of it's partially designed to kill selfishness. And if you're not willing to let selfishness die, you're going to have a tough time. Yeah, I agree uh, with everything you said. Right. And I don't want to get off topic, but after we discuss that marriage, I believe marriage still works. My thing is, why do we have the perception oh, of marriage? Oh, we, oh, sorry. Okay. We don't get there. Believe okay. me. Yeah. Because the inevitable is get the inevitable yeah. of this conversation is going to get there. Right. So, yeah. But go, go ahead. If you want to continue. Oh, no, no. I was done. I was done. Anybody what's else? What's, your, what, what's, what, what's the incentive of, of being married? The problem with Adventism. <laughs> I can't you. Is that we like to talk about marriage in terms of this word right here. I'm not going to say it because, you know, I can't say it, but I can point, point, point to it <laughs> right here, right here. Okay. To be honest, if we talked less about purity culture being a sexual culture and we help people understand that part of being married is not just to the physical of the person, but there is a whole other being that you're going to deal with for the other 24 hours. And for some of you, 49 minutes of the day, mm. if you guys don't understand, yes, that was a shot Dudley. you got it. Cause it could be, uh, but if you said 59 minutes, you'd be, that, that'd have been rude. I was going to say 59.7, but I, you know, so, so the truth is, the truth is, I think that a lot of times people, especially young people, go into marriage because they're like, oh, I need to be pure and I need to be X, Y, Z and I need to wait till marriage. Mm -hmm. and they rush into marriage, not understanding the reality of all that marriage entails. Mm -hmm. Or they feel guilty because they did this before marriage. And mm -hmm. now they feel like they have this Christian regret. So I have to marry this person, even if they don't like them. Because- right. We are taught more from a purity basis of relationships. And that's why we think equally yoked automatically means, oh, well, he's Adventist or oh, equally or she's that. Adventist. Or we teach that equally yoked means that they are pathfinders like we are. Or we teach equally yoked as any, any and everything. That's not the reality of what being equally yoked is. And I think, Ed, so I appreciate your comment of what you said that your life mm -hmm. lessons have taught you. And now you look where you are because of those life lessons. And I really appreciated that comment because I don't take my journey for granted. Right. I am comfortably right now talking to somebody amazing. And that happened because of the journey that I've been on, but it, I wouldn't have gotten there. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, 
if it lasts, if it doesn't last, it doesn't matter to me because I'm experiencing a beautiful journey with this individual because I am a healed version of myself. And when I was in my marriage, unfair to my husband, I was not a whole person. I was the one that went into marriage hoping that I would find happiness in them. I was hoping that I would find all the things that I didn't have in myself, my worth, my value, my, my identity as a wife. And mm -hmm. that's not what God said, because when he made Eve, he made her whole. And when she opened her eyes, the first person that she saw was not Adam. It was God. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that is a reflection of who you need to be when you're going to meet your spouse. Because if Absolutely. you don't know who you are, you're going to go into that relationship and do some catastrophic, damaging things that will not, you will not be able to bounce back from them. Nope. And that's just the reality of what it is. Absolutely. Sorry. Ingrid, talk to me. Thanks. Nah, I mean, she said it all. I'm looking at the comments as well, and I feel like, you know, this perception of, you know, something got rough and people just run away. You know what I mean? No one gets married with the intention of, I'm going to get married for a few years to get a divorce. You know what I'm saying? Divorce takes a lot of work, especially if you have a home together, especially if you have children together. No one willingly puts their children in a situation to say, I'm going to rip you apart from both of your parents and you're not going to see them every day. It's not just about a rough patch. It's about, it's like what Michelle said. If you are not a whole person, you can destroy yourself. You can destroy the other person and you will destroy your children. And so you have to make sure that you put yourself in a situation where, you know what, it's not just about me. Cause you know what? Yes. I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, my divorce was not about selfishness. It was about ensuring that my children understood that you do not put yourself in a situation that can harm you spiritually, mentally, or physically. And everybody won't understand that, but that's fine because we all live in our own homes and our own situations. And so even through divorce, you have to allow God to lead your path. At the end of the day, if we all believe that we're Christians and God loves us and, you know, he, he sees us through our, our mistakes and our sins and whatever the case is, we can't judge and make it seem as if people divorced because they don't know who God is. I'm just saying. That's my yeah. little spiel for now. I love it, and and I and I think, I think it's important to, uh, to be aware, golly, as my camera shirts off. Um, I I think it's important for us to um, keep in mind in this whole thing of um, marriage, and um, your want. To, to, to see the its its beauty and the importance in it um, is to realize that this it there's a mistake when culture tells you you should get married <clears throat> versus you know a, a calling to marry someone mm -hmm. and, and I think that many people have fall through the cracks because of what the social pressure of marriage looks like because yeah. it's a, it's not only a celebration of the person but of the family and ultimately the society that mm -hmm. now someone feels a certain less of themselves 
if they don't have that particular check in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, when, and, and if you're looking at marriage to be that, that's all. That's another reason why you might have fall fallen through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um, but but marriage has to be something that allows you to recognize this is something that's going to call me to become better. Right. If I, if I'm not looking at my marriage as an opportunity to test who I am to become better, mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's a it's a waste. Um, what do you mean and, by test who I am? Um, that could be so, a little bit confusing for some people. <clears throat> like it's not so an experiment. I, no. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I can I can say, golly, does not want me to talk. Um, I can say for me, my test has, has come a lot in where where where, where Edsel talked about a lot about his blind spots mm-hmm. um, in his past. I found mm-hmm. that there were there are blind spots in my present. Mm. There, there were areas of in which in way in ways that I saw life, that I saw responsibility, obligation, success all of these things mm-hmm. and how I measured it and, and, and it, and it allowed and, and marriage allowed me to realize and compartmentalize what success actually looks like. Mm. You know, yeah. um, my late father um, kind of gave me an idea of allowing me to realize that success in marriage isn't necessarily how, isn't necessarily how high you go, but it's how long you relatively last in the sense of saying where you don't think that your success is, is valued in the mansion that you get. Your success is if you're able to hold that condo for X amount of years. Don't let anyone pressure you to think that your success comes by you trying to, you know, reach for the stars and all the, you know, what, whatever external pressures or benchmarks that, that the world has for you. That success is really based, based, based on what your marriage needs, mm-hmm. um, what what expectations you guys know um, that you guys want to fulfill and how you guys make each other better. And if you guys don't see yourself as to be a success, mm-hmm. then it will never be seen, seen a success, no matter how high you go, no matter how much money you, you look like, no matter how many times people hashtag relationship goals on your relationship, you'll, you'll, it will never feel happy for you yeah. if you don't set internal ones. Um, I want to respond to something in the chat, but that's all. Go ahead. Well, I want to say this. I want to say this because I am not divorced mm-hmm. I want to shout out because there's a there's a stigma that younger generations just give up too quickly mm-hmm. and while yes there are the Kim Kardashian marriages that don't last more than a few months and there are those situations where people just didn't know what they were getting into and yes that happens but I also want to shout out people who were honest enough and healthy enough and had the opportunity, because I know not everybody has the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm getting out of this thing. It's it's not healthy. And if I stay, it'll destroy me. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of people stay in situations too long. And this is assuming that the resources and availability and, and opportunity and power is there to separate, because that's not always there. So this is very right. layered. I, I, I want to make room for the nuance nuances in these kinds of situations. But a lot of people, especially in the church, stay in bad situations, unhealthy situations, unsafe situations, because they don't know, they, they don't think that that they can make it out, or they don't think that. Uh, let me be. Let me be very specific with my language. They don't think that they can survive without it, without the title. And there are a lot of people who 
hold on to the title, but they're they're not married. Right. right? They're married in every. I've been married for a while. You know, they haven't been married for a while. So so I just want to say that not every time we see somebody who's divorced, is it a sign that, you know, they didn't know what they were doing? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. There are some really good actors out there. Hmm. And And anybody can get caught up. Anybody Mm -hmm. can get anybody can get caught up. Like Mm -hmm. it is so important for us to not look down. Hoodwink. You know? It can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to put that out there and just kudos to the people who made healthy decisions. The other thing, the other the other trap I see a lot of people get into is you're growing with somebody and then they stop. Oh, they, God. They just stop. And it's like... It's marrying somebody with a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Yes. So... I just want to put those things out there. Like, I think, I think the church, not the church, people are very quick to judge people who have been divorced and they don't always understand what these people went through, the hell that they endured, how long they endured it, what they had to do in order to escape, how much they left behind in order to save themselves. Mm. What um, they put at stake. I'm sorry? What they put at stake. What they put at stake mm. in order to get out. So... I just think that there should be a lot more respect and empathy for people who have dealt with divorce. Can I just say, um, so I'm a, those of you who don't know me, like Kemi. So I'm a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, right? In our church, there's only two ways that you can get divorced and keep your job. Just two. One I think they added one not too long ago, but that one is kind of hard to prove. So one obviously is cheating. Uh, when your spouse cheated, cheats, you you can get divorced. Um, but it has to be physical cheating because if they were just doing it on social media and never did anything with it, then you're kind of out of luck. And that's not biblical, but go ahead. Bingo. Okay. That's one, cheating. The second one is physical abuse. If you're being physically abused, so he could be yelling at you, but not hitting you and you don't have a way out. I need somebody to catch what I'm trying to say. He could be abusive in 7,000 other ways, but if he doesn't put a finger on you or she doesn't put a finger on you, because it goes both ways, you can't get divorced according to the church. Hey man, thank you, Moda, for saying that both ways thing. Mm-hmm, because I know that women can be extremely abusive. And that's why I said that. The third way that you can get divorced is if and only if they abandon you. Now, the abandonment clause is tricky because you have to prove that the abandonment was not just that they moved out of your house and moved down the street because they would say that you're not abandoned. An abandonment clause almost goes into the areas of like, you don't know where the person is anymore. Like you absolutely do not have any contact with them and they have absolutely and totally abandoned you for years. And can we just talk about the fact that there are some of you that are living in houses that are currently abandoned by your spouse and they sleep right next to you? Mercy. So to me, as a pastor, getting divorced in the first year of my pastoral career. Mercy. In other people's eyes, career suicide. Right. And, and you're a female pastor. And I am, and I was God. the only female pastor in my conference. 
And they were telling me things. My members, God, I love those people, would come up to me and say, Pastor, Pastor, you need to show us what grace looks like by staying with your husband. They would say things like, we don't know what's going on, but if you're going to get up on the pulpit and teach forgiveness and teach grace and teach mercy, shouldn't you be exhibiting these qualities? My and Lord. They, they, they put these, these expectations on you to be this perfect individual. And, and they, they thought, even though I had grounds for divorce biblically, that somehow I would still lose my job. And it did hurt me because I found out later that I was being placed for another position that was much higher than the one that I had with my first four church district that I was in. And they decided not to give it to me because of the clause. Well, she's getting divorced and we don't want that to be on a, on a too big of a stage. So they waited until after I was divorced, after everything was through to give me the next, the next assignment. And it was just, it was so much to go through, but I'll tell you what, and this is the craziest thing. What held my sanity together was my church work. Hmm. It was going to the hospital and going hmm. to my member's house and going to divorce care and doing all the things that I needed to do, not to occupy my mind, but to understand that the strength that I was looking for in a partner, I had in myself yes. long. So the time that I spent healing, doing the work, therapy, divorce mm -hmm. care, having friends that were divorced as well, having friends that were still in healthy marriages, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what to look for later on, uh, having people that would speak positively into my life that encouraged me to go to the gym. I lost 60 pounds when I got divorced. I cut my hair and accepted my natural self. I don't wear fake lashes or fake nails or fake hair because I went on a journey of self-love. All of this happened because I decided that my divorce would not define me. And if the church was in a place where we would allow that type of recovery for people, I think at some more people would feel free to leave those damaging relationships. They would feel like, hey, I have a place where I can go and be supported through my journey. And those that are in relationships that could be saved would actually, like before it gets to that breaking point, I'm saying, they would actually feel free to go to a place. And um, this is not bashing churches, by the way. There are churches that do this. My church is one of those churches. So I, I just, I want people to know, like marriage is hard work because <laughs> it's work on yourself and it's yeah. a spouse that has to be willing to work on themselves too. Right. And if you can't combine those two worlds, you, I think somebody made the comment. You spend more money, more time creating a wedding than you do in actual counseling and in self-work. Mm -hmm. And you spend all this money and all this time. I had over 500 people at my wedding. I mean, I understand. You spend all of this time and money to go and, and, and celebrate somebody. They're not planning to get divorced in that moment. Mm-hmm. They don't walk into the wedding saying, yes, I'm going to do this for 20 minutes. And then I'm going to like, oh, peace out. Right. No, I, I don't believe that everyone that goes into marriage, there may be some people, but not everybody that goes into marriage goes in with the intention of getting divorced. But also, I believe that not everybody that goes into marriage goes into it for the right reasons. Correct. 
and they don't know the reality and the intensity of what marriage requires, not just for your partner, but for yourself. <clears throat> Especially with the stats of one and two get divorced. Sorry. Yeah. I, 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 it begs me to ask the question, um, with everything that the church and you know Christianity has sort of given us um, mm -hmm. as guidelines for us to consider divorce, has that list, has the parameters for considering divorce increased? And if so, what are the things now that should be considered? What are the things that, if even if it, it may not necessarily get all the way to, to divorce, that people should be aware of as red flags. Um, if this is this relationship is not healthy, and stop acting like it is. Can I can I go can I go around your question real quick? Okay. I just because I, 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 I like I like where your sometimes your mind goes interesting okay. places. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So, I just want to also address church culture that sets the atmosphere for this kinds of so this for this kinds of kind of pressure mm. by framing singleness as something that it is not okay to be right. by framing marriage as permission like people a lot of people get married because they want to have sex right and they think that mar they think that marriage is deliverance from sexual temptation mm. and people need to know Increase. you probably need more discipline when you get married, you need more sexual discipline when you get married than sexual discipline when you're single, right? When when it's very clear, white, black and white, like on and off, that's one thing. But now when when those engines are running and then mm -hmm. now you can only operate them at certain times, at certain places, right. certain contexts, yeah. right? There's a different level of discipline. It's not deliverance from sexual temptation. It's a different kind of sexual discipline that you need. And I think that one of the issues that we have, and it's 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 in the church, but it's in the world as well, mm -hmm. is that we don't fully understand how to be good community to one another. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that the only way I'm going to find unconditional love, companionship, uh, care, mutual respect, um, tenderness, empathy, gentleness, mm -hmm. is if I get married. Right. Oh, okay. And and the church has just got to do a better job of David and Jonathan relationships, mm -hmm. Paul and Timothy relationships. I know people, some people think something about David and Jonathan. No, I, yeah. I believe David and Jonathan were they good. Were brothers. Were, were brothers, Amen. you know what I mean? Amen. But they had a level of intimacy that would make right. most, most and uncomfortable. men in our mm -hmm. modern day society cringe, right? There's right. a reason I, for that. Exactly. If we had that, if we had that, then young women and young men, maybe they wouldn't feel like I've got to find somebody so that I'm not alone. Right. You should not be in church and alone. Right. And I think if we had those kinds of relationships, we would be able to better interpret the scripture where Jesus, where God says, it is not good for a man to be alone, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, in that particular context, the way Adam wasn't alone was, was in a marriage, it was, was in a marital context, but there are other ways for us to not be alone. Mm -hmm. And we should be able to have that. Paul is able to recommend it's it's so oh we God. we're dealing with this cognitive dissonance because Paul advises us to be single so that we can do the gospel work. Jesus, the one who we want to be like, was single. And yet we spend uh, most of our 
adult, young adulthood and Christianity trying to be anything but single. And I think we're missing something there in how we craft community that is tempting us to give in to, um, to relationships that are not healthy. So let me piggyback by saying, I, I saw an interview of an individual who was going on tour and he went to the country, I believe it's Norway. I, I'm, I'm not totally certain, but it's predominantly, the country's predominantly uh, Orthodox Christian. And the idea was that every single time you found a young lady on the street, there would be no like cat calls to her mm-hmm. or there would be no like mistreating of her. Like, like it would be like nighttime in that country. And, and women, single women can walk around three o'clock in the morning and, and to the point where it was like, the per- he, was, he was extremely concerned. Like how in the world do you, do you, like nobody's afraid like this young lady might get raped or you know whatever the case may be what's going on and like no in this country it's christianity allows us to recognize that women and by extension um people are part of your family and 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 and, and when you begin to start to have an appreciation and a love for people Mm -hmm. so much so that it's ingrained into your culture you realize that level of disrespect would never, it's, it's not even considered. And so when you live in the ideal of what Christianity is supposed to be and exude the, the, the type of love that, that agape love that, that, that Christianity teaches, you can afford to miss sometimes even what marriage offers because you can get it saturated in a lot of different ways now i know that there's a freak on the on the on the the chat who might say what about sex right but and and, and so obviously there are certain things that you know they they won't be able to provide you but but there's a lot of things that obviously marriage is supposed to offer that that many people aren't I was gonna say because I'm like that's not a freak. You know I, mean? I love sex. My hold mother so, taught me to love hold sex. On, hold on. So let me ask that's you a question. Okay. Why, why is the word freak a, a, a negative connotation? It, it is. It is because it, is. it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. Loving sex shouldn't. A word that's used to describe sexual activity to unhealthy amounts. It's almost like an addiction, almost when you call somebody a sexual freak. I'm not saying that that's how in, you're using it. But if it's in the but yeah, but but if it's in the confines of marriage, and the the Bible says that everything in the marital bed is considered to be all right and holy, then you're that's a different conversation. Let's uh, say that for next don't time. Do that. Somebody got fired for something like that. Relax. Oh, That's why Lord. your camera went off. Yeah, your camera, your camera's trying to protect for you. Real. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Oh, it's I think that there's beauty in singleness and in marriage. Absolutely. This is not either or. I agree. This is an and. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful journey. I've been married and divorced and mm-hmm. single and mm-hmm. widow. It's mm-hmm. okay. Like, like the reality is, <laughs> don't do it, Edsel. The reality is, as we as we journey through life, mm-hmm. the beauty of who we are is engulfed in 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 who I am and how I share that experience. Mm-hmm. And so, whether I share it with someone or I'm doing it with someone that's not my partner, meaning friends and family right. members. It's still a journey that I'm not alone on. Right. I think I think the problem is that people equate singleness with being alone yeah. and lonely. Yeah. And let me tell you something. You could be single and 
full of everything that you could possibly need and married and mm. absolutely alone. Lonely. Yeah. So I don't oh. like when people try to put those things into little like, oh, boxes. When you're married, you have a partner. Do you? Because mm -hmm. not everybody has that. Right. And, and right. I think it's unfair to think that just because somebody gets married and it doesn't work, that there were red flags that they ignored. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, Adam, I'm sorry. Adam, was, Adam was content with his singleness. He wasn't even aware that he needed a couple until God told him, go and name all the animals. And it was only then he realized, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't even realize. So in singleness, when you have, Boda, you preach it. Listen, red flag, right? Uh, if I were a different person and I were actually write a book that my friends have been telling me to write for years and I talked about Adam, mm -hmm. I would say, what red flags would Adam have seen? Eve was perfect in Adam's life. Right, sight. right. Eve was perfect. That's, true. That's so true. She was everything that Adam could have beyond what he could have dreamed for. Right. And then something happens and Adam literally loses his life mm -hmm. that he knew because of the woman that he married. So I'm Ooh. so I, I don't like hearing people who are like, That's oh, you ignore yeah. me. Sometimes you don't see them. That's really in right. Spanish, the word for boyfriend is novio. And the word for girlfriend is novia, right? So we make a joke out of that in my culture. I'm Dominican, y'all, by the way, those who don't know. We make a joke in my culture when somebody is about to get married and we're looking at the girlfriend like, what are you thinking? And we go, pues ese novio, novio. Novio, like the compound word of doesn't see. Mm -hmm. Novio. Wow. Mm -hmm. So we say when wow. you are in a relationship, you don't see. There are things that you just don't see. And that's why community is so important because there are things that they see that you don't, you don't see. see. Mm -hmm. And Adam, if he had stayed in community, I feel like in that moment, right? If, you know, we love to talk about Eve wandering away, whether she physically wandered away or whether she just churned and started talking to a serpent. It's a big theological debate. We still have it in our churches. People don't always agree on what it means. Um, the Hebrew says she churned. The English says she wandered, two different meanings, big debate. But the point is, Eve left her husband's company, whether physically or mentally. mentally. She mm -hmm. left her husband's company. And the community that surrounded her in that moment was one that put her in danger. And so I believe that there is power because your relationship is not a community project. I don't care if they're posting everything about their relationship and suddenly there is no post. That's none of your business. Their relationship is not a community project, but who you surround yourself with can make or break your relationship. And I believe that in singleness or in marriage, who you surround yourself with is extremely important. And those people will either open the doors for amazing adventures and great mm -hmm. opportunities, or they're going to make your life a living hell with True. who you live at at home, even if that person is just yourself. True. Very true. Very true. Because there are a lot of married couples that I'm like, I don't know if I want to get married. And then there are a lot of single people that I'm like, I don't know if I want to stay single. I mean, it's right. just it's true. You get, you get, you get what you look, what you're around. You know, my mother has been married for 42 years, going on 43 this year. And my parents love them. 
And my mom has one, one philosophy. She tells me it all the time. She said, you want to keep a man happy, feed him and the other F word. She's like, that's it. That's my mother, a godly woman, wife to a pastor who tells me all the time, keep him full and keep him empty. And that's it. That's <laughs> And you know what? I respect my mother so much for that. She never made it awkward for me to talk to her about these things. She never made me feel uncomfortable talking about sex. She never made me feel like it was like, oh, taboo. Don't talk about this. And my mother was a healthy person. She was a healthy individual. And she understood my father's needs. And right. that's what my father needed. It's not one size fits all. Some guys don't have that kind of appetite. Some guys need different things, but my mother figured out her husband <laughs> and they've been happily married for 43 years. So that's all I got to say. Y'all can take out your mask now and feel free to talk. Ingrid <laughs> was going to say something. I can't. I can't. I don't, don't want to talk right now. I don't want to talk. Thank you, Michelle, for like just ruining the night for the rest of us. No, but seriously, but you said something very important, right? Who we I surround ourselves with. Sorry. Right, somebody else a lot of us who grew up in the church, we had no choice but to surround ourselves with the individuals in our church, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, we were taught to get an education, get married, have children. There were not conversations about what that looks like, there were not conversations about you need to love yourself first and you need to be comfortable with yourself first. There were not a lot of conversations about, you know, outside of not to have sex outside of marriage. There were not conversations about financial stability, building a future, planning for retirement, how to raise your children, um, having education. And, you know, let's go to being equally yoked for a little bit, right? Like you said, we heard that term growing up and all we kept, well, what I kept understanding was, He's in the church, so we're equally yoked. He's in the church, but we're no, not true. And so for the past six years, I've been in therapy, right? And when we talk about equally yoked, you look at it like if you Google animals that are equally yoked, they are connected by the neck. And one cannot go one direction while the other goes the other direction. And so if you do not have that kind of a connection with someone where you are not trying to split apart and go opposite directions, you are not equally yoked. So if your ideas about education and finances and children and home and things are not yoked on an equal level, mm -hmm. it's not going to work. You're going to be miserable. And if we had these real conversations and if we were honest, if our parents were honest with us, things I think would be a little easier. Does it guarantee perfection? No. But a lot of young people now, they see their parents and the way they live and they're like, I don't want to be married. Exactly. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want to experience that. And mm -hmm. so we have to be honest with our children. We have to show them. And that was one thing I was not going to do. I was not going to have my children observe something and think that that was okay for them to continue mm -hmm. this cycle of sickness you know, as they get older and they start to look mm. for partners. That's yeah. big. Um, I think there's more to this. I think there's more to this. Mm. I think we, we, we got about 15 minutes left. Um, we need a part two. I was asked where I preach at. I preach at Brownsville. <laughs> 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 
She asked. She asked. She asked. Jenna, you gotta ask them now. You gotta let them know. Jennifer I have somebody us, that's willing to pay organ for Listen, listen. I got somebody willing to pay organ for you because they said you was preaching. They ready. They ready to play. My goodness. <laughs> um. Uh, so. Yeah, I believe we do need a part two, or even Daniel said part three. Gary, I need um, to get some license on that. <laughs> you better. Yeah, you, you, you need to copy that right that joint real yes, quick. Because that's going to be a t shirt by the youth convention this weekend. Yes. Yo, imagine the vendor. Imagine if the buy one, get one half keep off. Them keep them empty. Good mercy. Lord, have mercy. Um, so, in, in in the areas of 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 talking of relationships, um, it, it, it some some might end in divorce, and I, I believe the the numbers aren't really up in our favor mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to that degree. Um, if there is if if there is um, a word that you could speak to someone. Um, to give them balance with this entire subject. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a word that you would allow someone to leave with in this part one, what would it be? I, I'll start out. So I think in an attempt to be balanced with this conversation, we, we've tried to shine some light on aspects of divorce in the church that aren't often covered. Mm-hmm. But we don't say this to say that we are pro-divorce. We are Mm pro-health, right? Absolutely. We are pro-healthy relationship. We are pro-healthy covenantal relationship. Um, God still hates divorce, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean he hates divorcees. Um, But I believe he hates the circumstances that break covenant because that doesn't represent him. Say that. What I would say to encourage people is... When people get married, you're not just making vows to each other. You're making vows to God. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why you do it in the presence of God. You're making vows yeah. to God about how you're going to love your partner and how you're going to show Christ to your partner. And I don't think that we think enough about the fact that we are committing to co-laboring with Christ mm-hmm. as he works on saving the sinner. Mm-hmm. And if we take a close look at what Jesus had to do to save sinners... Mm-hmm. then we have an understanding, a better understanding of what we sign up for when we choose to get married. Mm-hmm. If you're getting married for all of the other stuff, all of the benefits, but you're not, you're not signed up for the process and for the work and for the sacrifice, mm-hmm. you're not ready. Just be single. But there's no, re- no, no need to, to enter into this thing and not, um, not understand that, that you're taking on so much more than a tuxedo or a white dress or a last name or a family name or whatever, whatever benefits you think come along with it. Um, be prepared to make those vows to God about how you're going to love your partner, how you're going to show Christ to them and be prepared to lay down your life mm-hmm. in terms of your selfishness Correct. in order for you to partner with Christ <laughs> in consecrating one another. So mm. that's what I would say. That's good. <clears throat> Very. Um, I would say in addition to what Edsel said, divorce says hate divorce as well. Um, mm. It is 
Hard. Say that again. Say that again, Ingrid. I, I maybe my my thing. I said divorcees hate divorce as well. Mercy. Um, it wow. is a lot of work, and you know, like I said, I I spent expensive. Six, yes, you know, I spent six years in therapy, um, working through different things to be my best self. And so at this point in my life, I ensure that whatever steps that I've taken have been God directed. And I mean, he shows himself so clearly. I, I can't give the examples, but right now, but he shows himself so clearly, maybe in part two, as to the steps that I've needed to take. And it's given me the assurance Number one, that he still loves me. And number two, that whatever is in store for me, whether it is continued singleness or marriage, I'm going to ensure that it is what it what God wants for me and not what I think I want for myself. I've drawn a lot of lessons out of my experience that I think will help me to be a better mother, mother to my daughters. And as they get older and they start to date, it allows me to have certain conversations with them that I probably would have never even thought to have. And it just gives me a greater appreciation for marriage and what God created it to be. Because I know that if he blesses me to be married again, that experience would be so awesome for me and especially my partner. Because I'm going to wear that shirt every night. And make sure <laughs> that business is taken care of. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Confessions Podcast. Okay. Confessions Podcast. Mercy. All right. <clears throat> so I, if I could leave you guys with something. Um, before I answer that, Ingrid Phillip, if you find yourself defending your singleness to the church, why you're so single, um, you think they think you're too picky, you're not getting any younger, or you have the you have to approach the guy, I invite you to message me personally because I've got the lines for every single one of those mm -hmm, mm -hmm, little lines. Mm -hmm. And can I just say something? I'm sorry. The membership I'm, I'm may be guys. on question though when you say the lines that I got to give you for them because one of the lines for like, for example, why are you so single? I say because your marriage does not in, does not make me want to get married. But you know, it just it's just it's just you know that's how I am as an individual. And if you and if you have that type of fire feel free to send me a message and I will give you the lines to respond to those people that shouldn't be getting involved in that. Michelle, but my wife... something real quick. Sorry, baby. Yeah. Good. And, and you know, this is not going to be a back and forth, but let me just make something very clear um, because someone said marriage is not about our happiness, it's about our salvation. I saw that. I was gonna let me make this. My divorce was about my salvation and I'm going to make that very clear. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't live in each other's homes and I do not advocate for divorce at all. But I knew that the road that I was on was leading me straight to hell. Hmm. That's real. Yeah, I was going to say marriage is salvific, but 
Divorce could be salvific. I also want to respond to one thing that popped up in the chat earlier. Somebody asked, is there something wrong with me if I'm sad because I'm not married? No, there's nothing wrong with you if no. you're sad for any reason, right? Um, but we, I think we are encouraging you to try and distinguish between personal pain and communal pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say. This oh. is my note to leave. And I love that you said that, Edsel. Thank you. Get out of the sunken place by having the hard conversations with yourself. Absolutely. And the sunken place is both can be both marriage life or single life. Because you get so into this zone that you don't even know who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. especially because we're talking about marriage, right? Mm. This is not a shot at single people or a shot at married people. Mm-mm. This is something that individuals <clears throat> need to understand about themselves. Right. What you are before you're married is what you're going to bring into the relationship. Mm-hmm. If you are a sex addict before you're married, Mercy. you are going to bring that into the relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no one will be able to keep up with those needs. Mm-hmm. Because it's an addiction. Right. Uh, if you have pride issues before you're married, ego issues before you're married, money management problems before you're married, if you have an issue with infidelity, if you have all the... It, marriage will not save you. They will magnify your issues. It will magnify those problems to a zillion. So please, please understand... God created marriage because he wants you to grow as an individual. Mm -hmm. But you cannot grow if you are not honest with yourself about your hangups and your proclivities and your generational issues and your family trees before you get into that relationship. Because Mm -hmm. those are the luggages that you will be unpacking with your spouse. Yeah. And if you're not having those hard conversations with yourself... You bet your bottom dollar you're not going to have it with somebody else. And all that stuff is going to come out because trash bins that are full of trash need to be emptied. Hmm. There's something that that Ty Gibson said. Hmm. Um, He he gave a quote that said um, that the church is full, the church of this generation is full of intellectual believers and emotional atheists. Hmm. Um, and, and so the premise by which I took that is that we, we root a lot of things in which we believe based on what um, formally makes sense, what rules and um, culture and application has given us cause for us to operate in this sense. And everyone who doesn't live in that space, who's their whose, whose context of how they connect to God is solely based on how they feel doesn't have a true or, does, or the church doesn't believe they have a true connection with who God is. Mm. And I believe um, that this, like the four of us, right. For which more or less is representing what the, the future of the church is going to be. Right. The four right. of us are, the, I mean, we are presently, but you know, there are some people who are still holding on to certain positions, right? So, for, so for for us, I see us as 
what the church is going to be. I mean, literally, I mean, executive committee member, members, you know, you know, departmental directors, you know, pastors of, you know, large, largest churches in our conference. We are those things. <clears throat> we are those things. Praise crazy, God. Man. It's crazy. We're the adults now. I, Axel, could you believe what? I, I don't think they know what they've done. I know. He's like, he can't even believe Who's it. Right? With these keys? <laughs> <laughs> and, Sorry, Dudley. Go ahead. No, 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 no doubt. No, no, but it's crazy. And, and I and I say I think it's our it's our responsibility for us to do things like this and to change the paradigm yeah. of what the church can be, because I believe. That when we begin to start to accept who God is and how God chooses to govern the world, we begin to start to realize that it's never really been about rules. It's always been about relationship. Mm -hmm. It's always been about health and mm -hmm. emotional and social um, um, balance. It, and, and, and God's ability for him to jump leaps and bounds, hurdles for the sake of our own emotional health is 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 testified throughout his word and if you don't realize that that's how god operates that his word is about saving people from themselves saving people and helping people from their themselves that you don't know who god is mm -hmm. and so our efforts uh from this conversation and for other challenging conversations is for us to lead us to a point of seeing god the way god wants to be seen Mm -hmm. to not have a, a, a little horn ideology, mm. a, a, a distorting image of the character of God. Mm. And, and, and sometimes we, we, we look at a little horn ideology and think that's rooted in papacy or in other faith groups. And you have, you have little horn theology rooted even in our own church. Mercy. Ways of which we think that, you know, it comes by the law. And the letter of the law, and, and if you don't follow by these particular creeds and mentalities and you know positions, then you're not of God, and that mm. is that is so unbalanced to how God mm. operates. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So we hope that through this conversation that you find a recognizing uh, a, a recognition that God mm. wants the best for you, and God has ways to allow things to happen the way it needs to happen for your health, for your salvation, and for ultimately the character of God to be, um, to be amplified. Amen. Um, and I think that's our responsibility. That's our burden family yeah. is to undo a yeah. lot of the things yeah. that the church has done. Yeah. Well, the church is people church and they're products of their systems. And the system created this ideology. And yeah, it's up to and us. We love the, and we love the church. Yeah. We do. And, and we not just to undo it, but to build a healthier future for our church. Yeah, because yeah, that's a problem. Everybody wants to destroy. Nobody wants to reform. Yeah. And that's, right. that's not it. It's not destruction. Mm -hmm. It's a reformation. Exactly. The opposite of war is not peace. Mm -hmm. It's creation. Mm -hmm. War destroys. Creation mm -hmm. makes. Mm -hmm. And if we can understand that, I think we'd be in a much better place. Absolutely. So this is don't, don't close this out because somebody asked, "What's the new platform we're going to be on?" 
what's the new platform we're going to be on? All right, so let, let, let's end let's end this way we started. So if, if <laughs> you go. if you appreciate the podcast, uh, the the Confessions podcast, um, and you just want to hear more content. Uh, from us or from other things that we are going to be able to produce uh, web series and different things that are coming out uh, from the Northeastern Conference uh, communication team uh, entitled Lighthouse Media. Uh, then we want you to subscribe right now to our YouTube channel, a brand new YouTube channel, uh, literally called uh, Lighthouse Studios. So just go to uh, youtube.com slash Lighthouse Media Studio. Just look it up, Lighthouse Media Studio, NEC Lighthouse Media Studios, and you will find us um and just we can start to subscribe we will begin to be featured on that platform um uh, and no longer on the northeastern platform per se it's a, it's a sub direct of a northeastern platform but you'll have a lot more content so we'll be a lot more free to even be more, even more candid so if you if you thought we were crazy now kids um, <laughs> wait till you see season two <laughs> wait till you see um that's all um uh, I, I want to sh- I want to shout out I want to shout out uh, Gary who's who's oh, who's on uh, the chat who's probably in bed uh, as one of the our, our assistants and and Cheryl and all the people who are part of the communication department uh, shout out to you guys and this is it this is this is our first um, podcast of 2023 and I'm telling we coming back in two weeks we're going to be consistent a lot more episodes are coming this year the family's back we're together. We are here. There might be a surprise this weekend, but only will come for some <laughs> people who are subscribed to the there YouTube channel. If you're, subs- you're not go. subscribed to the YouTube channel, you're not going to get the surprise. Kemi said uncensored. Okay. Kemi, I need a job, okay? <laughs> uncensored. Oh, no, 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 no. This, this is it. Come on, bruh. That that that's one of my best friends. She ain't got no Kemi, but hey, Yo, we have to put up our names. She was calling us orange shirt, blue shirt. Who's who? Kemi needs names. Oh yeah, hold on. I, 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 and shout out to the chat. Shout out to the chat. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher before the next time. Come on, Kemi. Okay. She, but she know Michelle though. She know Michelle. Okay. So lighthouse, lighthouse studios. NEC lighthouse studios. Um. That's it. That's that. That's for us. And for um, yeah, the chat for everybody who's been with us uh, from last <laughs> year when we started and is committed to even now. Thank you so much for your support. Sadly, uh, I'm sorry. Yo. My other best friend was like, "You stay gaslighting us. We better be back in two weeks." That's wow, what she wow, said. Okay, wow, I know wow. that's true. No, but we're gonna be back. No, wow. I, I, we good though. We good though. But before we used to say, but we never knew what the next thing was. But now we're good. We have that. We have the study. That's true. Just, we already know what the next topic is. We know what the next topic. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. we good. We good. So that's it. Share it with your Not friends, y'all. You know, sharing is caring. So like, subscribe, subscribe, yeah. send it. Tell them to watch this episode before part two. They that's need to true. watch Facts. this episode. Yes. Yes. Part two. Yes. All right. So this is us. Uh, signing off thank you guys for uh, being with us and we'll see you guys in two weeks next time on the confessions podcast say goodbye to everybody everybody and we'll see y'all next time we out